Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea. Sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above. So this will teach me to never restart my mic or my or change my mic or my camera uh, while I'm in StreamYard because everything was fine. I was ready to go live. Then I decided I wanted to wear my headset. And so I plugged the headset in and all of a sudden, not, neither my camera nor my uh, sound would work. And so then I exited, came back in, it still wouldn't work. So then I went back to the original way that I had it and voila, it all works. So yeah, it's Monday, right? Monday morning. Uh, but welcome everybody to the show. I see Erica out there. Good morning and happy Scorpio season to you as well, Miss Scorpio. Tom, hello to you, Pam Zaruba. Good morning, she says, from freezing last week to 80s this week. Must be Iowa. <laughs> That's funny. All the hot weather that we were having moved your way, apparently, because now we've got all the rain and the cool. But that's our normal, so it feels like things have righted for us. That's the way I look at it. Good morning, uh, awesome Tanya. And Natasha, hello to you. And Christine Buckingham, Kajella, and all of that good stuff. All right. So how's everybody doing? Did you have a great weekend? Uh, hopefully you did. I had a very good weekend. It was funny. I did, I got in a house cleaning mode, uh, kind of like, you know, spring cleaning, only it's autumn. But I decided I needed to, you know, get into the corners and and all of that. And funny thing, halfway through it, I went, oh. The, the moon is in Virgo. Of course it is, right? So I'm digging into the, the corners of everywhere because, you know, by the time summer's over and you've had your windows open and it's been smoky and icky here and you have fans on, you know, dust gets everywhere. So I was very busy doing all of that on Saturday. And then Sunday, yesterday was birthdays. I think I've told you that I have like four of my grandchildren's birthdays are in October and November husband, son, uh, all kinds of people have their birthdays in October. So we've been every weekend, it seems like there's another birthday. Well, yesterday was my young, not my youngest grandson, but um, the youngest of the Scorpios. It was his birthday. So we went to uh, bowl and what a blast. I haven't been bowling since last Christmas time, I think it was, or just before Christmas. And we had such a great time. And uh, he got for his birthday, a bearded dragon. I thought that was appropriate for a Scorpio. And so one of our gifts to him was uh, a little booklet on how to care for your bearded dragon. <laughs> so he was, he was like enthralled with that. And uh, anyway, lots of kids, lots of pizza, lots of cake, lots of bowling. It was a grand time. So I really did have a good weekend. Good morning, Brenda Gagnon and Daphne Anderson. Good to have you. Corey, hello to you. JLo, good to see you. So anyway, uh, welcome everybody. And today my purpose is to really talk about the solar eclipse the uh, solar eclipse tomorrow uh, happening and in tandem with the new moon, because that's how a solar eclipse works. And what does that mean for us? And this being, you know, a very, um, <sighs> I think the word I want to use is a beneficial solar eclipse. You know, typically when we get to eclipse season, 
we have um, sort of the exaggeration sometimes of the more negative aspects of the eclipse. And that's just because it's an empowered new moon or it's an empowered full moon. But this particular solar eclipse is partial, number one, meaning it's not full on moon covering the face of the sun. Um, it is definitely one that we still see the light of the sun through and that gives us still some you know brightness that we can see by right kind of like a, a flashlight in the dark and on top of that this particular sun moon conjunction is also conjuncting venus and venus puts her benefic spin on everything but it does seem that we are looking at the potential for some new beginnings but in some very specific areas of our lives. And we're going to break that down in a bit and talk about what that means. Uh, as well, this eclipse has a little bit of a negative uh, uh, spin with it because there is an inconjunct uh, in uh, relation to Jupiter. So Jupiter, the other benefic planet, which you know rep represents our growth and our expansion, uh, evolution, uh, bringing more consciousness to our lives. And an inconjunct is sometimes um, called a quincunx. So you've probably heard me call it both. Inconjunct is just easier to say. And it is, uh, it's a difficult aspect in that it makes it difficult for us to see how we can use the energy in a powerfully positive way. It is often bringing up sacrifice or places where we need to adjust our energies and can actually exaggerate feelings of disappointment or um, in, in some way the disillusionment that we feel in life or the dissatisfaction that we have with the conditions that we find ourselves in or that our, our life is in at this moment. So we want to take a look at all of that. Uh, and what does all that mean? And we're going to look at it through uh, the human design. We're going to look at it through the Sabian symbols, and then we'll look at it through the astrology as well. But let's start with where we are today. So today we have the moon in Libra, and she is making several connections, almost like she's in a hurry to, you know, trigger off some energy before the eclipse. And when I say trigger, I mean, the moon acts like a catalyst. I mean, she, as she's moving through our charts, she is, you know, triggering up energies and, you know, triggers aren't bad, right? The triggers to dealing with something triggers to something good triggers to uh, an emotional feel good, uh, those kinds of things. So triggers don't take that and mean and run with that meaning uh, something negative or not so good. But you have to remember, we are in what is called the balsamic phase of the moon. We are in the closing out of the previous cycle that began with the new moon in Libra uh, back in September. So when, when we are starting uh, or finishing a cycle, let's say, before we start the new cycle, it is a time for us to go within and to sort of be circumspect about what life has brought us. Uh, about how successful or unsuccessful we have been in creating our reality uh, because an intention probably was set by you at the beginning of the last new moon cycle. And so here we have this very last full day of the moon uh, in this last cycle, the moon in Libra. 
Now, today the moon is going to be in a trine to Saturn, and you just kind of take a mental note here and look at where Libra is in your own personal chart. What house is it in? If this were a person, my chart of the day today, uh, if this chart were a person, all of that Libra energy falls in the first house. So this would be a reflection of oneself, right? One's attitudes, one's personality, um, one's ability to do what they wanted to do over this last uh, month. And wherever it is in your chart then is where you will be in that reflection mode. So think about the house and what the house represents in your life. So then you can kind of see like what things might I be ruminating on today? What uh, things might be popping up in my field? Now, when we talk about the relationship that the moon is going to hold with planets today, there might be a moment when the moon comes into the trine, which let's see, has that even happened yet? It is in the process of it right as we speak where we might feel a little bit uh, low energetically. We might feel a bit of disquiet over our emotional state, or maybe we're feeling a little like we didn't quite accomplish those things that we really wanted to accomplish. So we might be, you know, kind of beating ourselves up a bit, uh, calling ourselves to be accountable for the uh, place that we find ourselves in. So, you know, that's passing out right now as the uh, Saturn is at 18 degrees, the moon was at 20. So it would have been a blip on the screen earlier in the day. For those of you who are in the time zones further uh, east of me, so Eastern time zone, central time zone, you guys might've been feeling this early in your morning. Uh, for us on the West Coast, it would have been happening so early. We probably, you know, we're still asleep. It might be the reason I didn't want to get out of bed this morning. And then the moon comes into a conjunction with the planet Mercury. So remember, Mercury just recently finished up his retrograde cycle, finished as in he's beyond the point at which he uh, entered retrograde. So he's today at 21 degrees, 11 minutes, 2111. That's kind of fun, uh, of Libra. And Mercury in Libra is a sign of the mind and a sign of needing to bring balance and equanimity to our thought processes. Air, right? This is air energy. So if our thoughts have been too far one way or the other, will be, this will be a good day to kind of try to bring everything back into some form of balance or equanimity, right? If you've been spending a lot of time beating yourself up, now bring it over to the other side and have some respect for yourself and some self-love for your for you and bring that into a balance then. Uh, later in the day, the uh, moon will come into a trine with Mars. Now, you know, Mars is in Gemini, another air sign. He is sitting today at 25 degrees, 22 minutes. So he's darn near stationary uh, as he is approaching his retrograde, which will occur on Sunday of this week. So as we're sitting here, in this energy, Mars is also bringing us thoughts, scattered thinking, perhaps, or uh, one track mind, right? Or as a couple of different people who were reaching out to me over the weekend, uh, finding themselves caught up in old thinking patterns and needing to be able to, you know, shake free. And I, I just have to remind everybody that Mars is a planet that rules things like metal and accidents and 
your cars are primarily metal. I mean, they may have a lot of fiberglass or what have you on the body, but think about the engine, think about uh, all of the axles and how everything connects. Uh, the car is primarily metal. So Mars metal, accidents, and Gemini rules transportation. So we have a lot of potential if our minds are off wandering around to create falls or accidents or cuts, right? Metal, our knives are metal, uh, guns are metal. So we want to be super uber careful, especially right now as Mars is kind of sitting stationary and uh, then when he turns retrograde. So we don't want accidents happening because our minds are not here in the now right? And that is a big worry when you have a lot of air energy, your minds can be scattered, your mind can lose focus, your mind can be, uh, you're driving your car, we've all had road hypnotism, right? Where you're driving your car and suddenly you're there and you're like, whoa, how did I get here? <laughs> how did I get here? Um, because your mind is wandered. So minds wandering right now, not necessarily something that positive. So today with the moon and a trine to Mars, we might have either an opportunity to rein in our minds a bit, or we might find where our minds have been wandering off into territory that has caused us perhaps to not be able to uh, satisfy the intentions that we created with the last new moon. And so it gives us an opportunity to course correct in some way. Mars does rule action and he is still in forward motion. So we can course correct and in the shadow of the new moon, then set an intention for that course correction. And the final aspect that the moon will leave us with before she moves into the void is a square to Pluto. Yikes, right? I, I just want to say yikes, because this, you know, the Pluto is a planet of empowerment. Planet, The planet also takes us through a process of the dark night of the soul through personal and collective transformation. And we're left with that from 5.36 p.m. my time today, all the way into 19 minutes after midnight. For those of you on the East Coast, that's going to be 8.36 p.m. all the way into 3.19 a.m. So primarily, you're all going to be, you know, in a better position. It might, you know, be in your dreams. It might, you know, um, be something that you think about as you go to bed or go to sleep. Uh, for the West Coast in particular, your daylight life is really going to be about this square to Pluto. And a square is often a challenge. So we might be, you know, finding ourselves more challenged to decide where we want to go. Um, we might feel almost disempowered to use the moon's energy in a positive way, right? So we want to be careful with this because the shift out of Libra into Scorpio can sometimes be one that creates a wake-up call sort of feeling where we are, you know, being kind of shaken awake and having to really come up to the point where we decide what changes we need to make in our lives. Now, everybody's going to feel that way. So it's not just the West Coast, but I'm saying the West Coast has it <laughs> during our waking day. And then we carry it off into sleep, most likely, unless you're a late night owl. Um, but for those of you on the East Coast, you're going to sleep with it. So I expect tomorrow, uh, if we were to meet, I would hear about a lot of dreams and, you know, weird shenanigans happening in your sleeping life. 
uh, where versus the people here on the West Coast and, and then even Hawaii and Alaska, um, where you might be going, wow, some crazy things happened, you know, at the end of my day. So that is a lot for today, but all of it in the service of determining what your next steps will be as you move into the new moon tomorrow. Okay, questions about that, comments about that. Let's take a look. Good morning, Leslie. Good to see you out there. Uh, Pam says she was born under the Scorpio balsamic moon. This is a good time for you then, uh, a time that you are familiar with at least. Erica, Libra Sun and Pluto, both in the seventh, maybe reflection on you in your relationships and agreements that you've made within your relationships that maybe you want to reestablish or renegotiate. Um, you know, Libra, oh, Libra is a good sign for renegotiation. I also hurt my lower back while I was bowling. Actually, I heard it sometime yesterday uh, before we went bowling and I bowled with my back not feeling good. Um, because I'm never going to, you know, let kid energy show me up. <laughs> Seems so silly, but uh, I thought maybe if I bowled, I would work out the kink in my lower back, but apparently not. Um, all right. So Erica, that the whole idea of re reflecting upon your relationships, right? The seventh house, especially your marriage or your very closest um, significant other relationship. What are you seeing in the reflection of that mirror? But also, you know, Libra is a sign of diplomacy and the agreements that we make are a part of the seventh house, but also a part of Libra. So being able to renegotiate agreements, contracts, uh, commitments and things like that. So taking the time to really look at that in your life and discover, well, what does that mean for me? And, you know, how would I rewrite those contracts, right? We all have sort of contracts or agreements that we make, even if they're not spoken, right? There can be unspoken agreements. We have a channel in uh, our human designs that are really about the unspoken agreements that we make with people. You know, for instance, um, in a marriage situation, there's an unspoken agreement that you as the, the feminine spouse are going to be the one who cooks dinner and does the dishes or cleans the house right? No one ever said that that's your role and that's what you have to do, but somehow you've taken that on as an agreement. And this would be a great time then to rewrite the agreement. And JLo is pointing out Libra and Pluto for her in the fifth house. That's a house of joy and play and children. Rewriting the agreements that you have with your children, right? Where And, and this is interesting in the scope of the new moon solar eclipse, because the eclipse occurs with the earth in a gate that is called nurturing or uh, accountability and responsibility. And in that gate, we often find smother mothering and the earth is going to be challenging us. Where have we engaged in that smothering, smother mothering energy? And it doesn't have to just be with our kids, although JLo, because it's, you know, you're talking about the fifth house. That's literally the area of the chart that it would be in. But, you know, where do we um, take over responsibility for others in our lives? And how can we course correct that and release responsibility to the right person or to the right entity in that case, right? Uh, good morning, Asa. Good morning, Dors or Erica Dorsey says, uh, how did you find out what was the position of the moon when born? Just Google it. Oh, it's in your, it's in your chart. 
right? It's in your chart and you can look from the, oh, I see you're talking about the moon phase. You might have to look that up if you're not an astrologer and familiar with where the moon is in relation to the sun in the chart. So ideally, if the moon is behind the sun and very close to the sun, that's a balsamic phase. If it is ahead of the sun, then it's happened after the new moon. <clears throat> and if it's at opposite sides of the chart, then you're nearer the full moon. And if there's a 90 degree angle between the sun and the moon, then you're born on one of the quarters, either the first quarter or the last quarter. So um, yeah, moon phase. Uh, but you can you can look that up. There is a website out there that I've seen before that that talks about that. Uh, okay. Christine was born under a waning gibbous Scorpio moon, Scorpio, Jupiter, Neptune, and North Node seventh house. Wow. That's a lot of transformative energies occurring in your relationships, right? In the relationships, in your agreements and contracts, and also in, um, you know, there's a little known part of the seventh house and that, that I rarely will talk about because I just don't even like to think of it, but it's about your open enemies, right? the people that are definitely not your best friend, um, the, um, there's almost a sense sometimes of places that where you're not even being your own best friend, although that's typically much more in the 12th house. Um, there is a sort of, sort of feeling sometimes that if there are a lot of, of planets in that seventh house, that it can be where you are your own enemy, right? It's not so much the people outside of you that are your enemy, but where you create your own enemies or where you put yourself in that um, uh, category of someone else's enemy. So think about that too. Like if you, you know, inadvertently uh, on some unconscious level made somebody an enemy or made an enemy out of someone, so that's just a little known part of it. But when you start to see a lot of planets piling up in that, uh, there is the potential for that as well. And it can also be the people that, you know, are projecting upon you that, you know, there's something about you that they really, um, that they really want or that they're envious of uh, or something in you that they don't like, but it's really their own self that they don't like, but somehow they project it outward onto you. So a lot of planets in Libra sometimes can bring up that projection, especially if it's in that seventh house, which is also about the re the relationships and the reflections and the projections of others into toward us or us toward others uh, in that seventh house. So JLo says, I often blamed myself for many things. I have been releasing all of it slowly and watching my words with that 17.5 as my pearl. Definitely a good thing. Christine, self-undoing. Exactly, exactly. So uh, anyway, all right. So let's move on a bit to um, talk about this new moon solar eclipse. So with a new moon, all is possible. It's almost like we can put on the shelf the experience from the previous month. And now we have this opportunity to come out fresh and new as a new cycle begins, right? So think of your new moon as the beginning of a new cycle. And it can also be uh, a reminder to you of what your soul came here to achieve, right? A, a reminder of what work is still in front of you, right? If you were to be conscious 
And this is what we, you know, we are all becoming more conscious of who we are at soul level and what our life purpose is in coming here. And as we understand ourselves more, we tap into that deeper part of us that knows exactly what our soul came here to experience. I was kind of playing, dabbling with this in my mind over the weekend. Again, you know, Gemini, my mind is always thinking. And one of the things I kept thinking about is our, in our human design. So look at your human design chart and look at the position of the sun and the moon in the black column, or it says personality, but think of it as your soul column. And um, the sun and the and the earth in the uh, personality or the uh, design column. So it's red, right? The red is the unconscious life purpose where the black column is the soul purpose or the conscious. And I was thinking about my own, this that those four pieces, by the way, create your incarnation cross. The soul, the soul isn't here. Oh, how can I say this? The soul isn't here for lessons, right? It, it, the soul isn't here to learn something because the soul is a part of the divine and the divine has no need to learn, right? It has no need for lessons. Rather, it has a need for experience. So the sun and the earth on the black column show the soul's gift, right? Or the soul's primary reason for being in this lifetime. The sun and the earth on the other side in the red column, your life purpose, right? So showing us what it is that the soul is here to experience primarily, right? So how is the soul going to apply itself is the life purpose, right? So when we think about a new moon and a new cycle beginning, any new cycle really, but especially the new moon, because it's the biggest new cycle that we have on a continuing basis, right? We have at least 12 new beginnings every year with the sun and the moon coming together. So we have a reminder then to tap into why is my soul here? What did I hope to experience, right? How did I come to experience myself in this lifetime? And it's an interesting question. Right? How did my soul come here to experience itself in this lifetime? And that is really encapsulated in the sun and the earth in your human design chart. And in astrology, we don't use the earth, right? It's implied kind of, right? If I'm a 28 degree Gemini, then that also means that my earth is at 28 degrees Sagittarius, but no one is telling me that, right? I just have to know that I have to intuit that that's where my earth sign is. Human design pretty much comes out and spells it for you and says, this is where your sun is. This is where your earth is. These become your soul's purpose. And the other one becomes your life purpose or how your soul is here to experience itself. <clears throat> Question about that. Let me know in the chat. Uh, hello, Leilani. It's good to see you. So anytime, anytime then we get to a new moon, it brings up the opportunity for us to achieve the next step in our soul's experience on the planet. Now, that's a general new moon, but also a solar eclipse new moon because the solar eclipse just adds a little more bang for your buck, right? It's adding more energy to it. 
and it elongates the period of time where a new moon is activated at the beginning of the cycle and lasts until the next new moon, i.e. 28 and a half days, 29 days, let's round it up. An eclipse can last anywhere from six months to nine months to 18 months, depending on the power of the eclipse. This particular eclipse is a partial, so I'm thinking six months until the next solar eclipse, which will end up in May, uh, April, May of uh, the next year, of 2023. So this particular solar eclipse new moon is going to be lasting a longer period of time. In a way, it gives us some opportunity to really reflect on and to assess where are we in, in, in our experiences and where do we want to go to get some more clarity around it, right? It's really, to me, it's just fascinating when I look at my sun and earth from my soul, and then I look at the sun and earth from my um, life purpose, and am I living out that life purpose, right? It's a great question. Uh, now, this particular new moon solar eclipse is also conjunct Venus, very close. Like, uh, in fact, let's see the new moon and the, the, so the sun and moon together are at two degrees even, and Venus is at two degrees, 40 minutes. So they're very, they're bullet burn close. And Venus rules specific areas of our lives. So first, take a look at the house the new moon is occurring in, in your chart. That's going to tell you the area of your life that things are going to happen or that there's a new beginning possible. And the sign is, of course, Scorpio. So you can either look for uh, two degrees of Scorpio uh, and or just look for Scorpio in general. And that's going to give you the idea of where it is the eclipse is coming. And now if we look at um, Venus and what she rules, right? She rules our finances. She's the economy. She is money, right? The medium of exchange that we've chosen to use on this planet is money. So Venus being the person, the planet <laughs> that mediates that exchange, right? Between people, um, which we call money is she rules that area of our lives. She also rules values, our stated values and our value, personal value, right? And as value is in, in, in part what Venus rules, it's also taking us into our self-worth and self-esteem and how worthy are we to receive? How worthy do we feel to actually live out our life purpose, right? Your soul is divine. How worthy do you feel to live out your divine purpose, right? Your divine life. And also our relationships. So we have relationships, we have finances, and we have our values, and we have our personal sense of worthiness, intrinsic value, right? That's what worthiness is really takes us into intrinsic value. And you are intrinsically value, valuable, not because of what you do, but because of who you are, right? As a human being walking around with the divine within you, that makes you intrinsically valuable. Every one of us, intrinsic value. All right. Now, if we look at this uh, energy of Scorpio, and so we're, we're building blocks, right? So we have this idea of what a new moon is all about. Now we've got this planet Venus. That's a part of the new moon. Oh, gosh, before I go into Scorpio, let's look at the other um, aspect that is occurring that's of major importance, well, minor importance. And that is the quincunx or the inconjunct to Jupiter. Now, I was looking at that 
thinking about how in conjuncts, you know, most astrologers will tell you that a quincunx or a um, in conjunct is a minor aspect. But I, and while I sort of agree, <laughs> I sort of agree, the fact that we are on a physical planet like Earth, where a lot of our worth and our value is demonstrated by what we uh, attract in our lives and what we see as our in our life, the in conjunct, I think, often shows us through the opposite. Uh, what it is that we don't have in our lives. And it's not quite opposite either. It's 150 degree angle. So it's not like exactly opposite where it's in our face. It's more of that feeling of uh, disquiet or of dissatisfaction and even a little bit of disappointment that we might feel. So if you're sitting here at the end of a new moon cycle that began last in, in September, then where is it that you might be feeling disappointment in the results of that intention setting with that new moon? Or where might you feel um, a, still a yearning or a desire to get to where you want to go? So we have sort of this need to adjust the, the energies between our desires and our yearning for something and our dissatisfaction or disappointment for what we have not yet gotten. So, or what we perceive as not yet having appeared or manifested in our lives. So the inconjunct is driving some really interesting energies underneath it all. And the planet is Jupiter and Jupiter's whole purpose is about a evolution of consciousness, but also growth and expansion. And if we're feeling somehow like we haven't been able to grow or we're not expanding or there's, we can't be expansive because we're in contraction, then there can be, you know, that scritchy feeling that we, that we're holding on to. And that can also be a part of this solar eclipse. And it may be that that's also with us for the six month period of time, this kind of dynamic um, tension between what we have and what we've accomplished versus our disappointment for not having accomplished it all or gotten all that we desired. So keep that in mind, right? That is a, a minor thing. Yes, but at, it's under the surface. It is playing from behind the scenes in our lives. Now, Let's look at Scorpio as the sign that the eclipse is in. And in Scorpio, what we might feel is sort of a personal reckoning, um, uh, a personal kind of reckoning in how successful, how successful are we? Are we doing what we came here to do? Do I feel valued? Because we still have that feeling of value in Scorpio. Have I been able to transform my life, right? Or am I still stuck in disempowerment? Am I refusing to transform? Uh, am I feeling like I'm never going to be able to change or that I'm resisting change? So a lot of those kinds of things going on. And Scorpio is a sign of the mastery of the self. So we also might be contending with our self-acceptance. Uh, accepting where we are, right? Accepting the things that we can not change and also recognizing what they are. There's some kind of prayer, serenity prayer around that, right? Accepting the things uh, in our lives, um, also accepting ourselves, right? Where we are in this moment, because it can't be anything but 
right? So accepting tomorrow, the next moment, the next moon, it could be completely different, right? That's okay. But accepting where we are in this moment is the beginning of that self-acceptance. And then going along with that is respect, self-respect, respect of others, respect of other people's rights and properties, um, respect. And in Scorpio, we also have this concept of quality over quantity. So it's not how much you do. It's not how much you can accomplish. It's not even how much you have accomplished. It's the quality of the life experience that you're having along the way. It's the quality of the life that you have created. Now, when we start to look at some of the other energies here, it's definitely a transformative energy. So the new moon here brings us into that transformation, but also possibly baggage releasing, letting go of the old, right? Unloading your back, so to speak, from the burdens, right? The things that you're carrying that aren't even yours to carry. So keeping that in mind. Now, there is also a portal here. All eclipses create portals, portal ways, doorways. And this is a portal to the next level of our soul's evolution. That's how you could look at this in the positive, right? Is that whatever, even if it's something that you have to release, even if it's something that changes fundamentally that you're uncomfortable with, or even if it's a change that you know you have to make that you are uncomfortable with, it is all represented by this portal that is uh, rec uh, representing your soul's evolution, the next step in your soul's evolution, perhaps. And of course, your soul and its evolution is all a process of peeling back layers, layer upon layer of things that you're changing about yourself. And just as you think you're done, something else comes up, right? That's kind of scorpionic, if you will, right? That, you know, I see, oh gosh, I've, you know, peeled off this layer and now something else is exposed. It reminds me of the work that I'm doing now in soul alignment and soul realignment where, you know, we're, when we're doing a soul realignment, we're peeling off what's on the surface, what your soul is or your, your human self is ready to release, right? It's come, it's come up from the Akashic records. It's there on the surface and we're peeling that back. We're releasing that. But then just as quick, we almost have more layers that come up. We call it dissonance, right? Where another layer is coming up. Sometimes we need to go back in and do another alignment later on as you become ready as a soul in your evolutionary trip to become uh, willing to let go of more, right? We can only let go of what we're ready to let go of. And we are souls that have spent many lifetimes in many places. And we may have, you know, other parts of our soul's experiences that we want to heal or that we want to work through. So we're peeling back layers during an eclipse, especially a solar eclipse where we still have some light to be able to see what it is that has been lost on us previously or where it was we are not yet completely aligned uh, with where we want to go and who we want to be. So uh, questions, let me look here. Um, Erica says, if we are, if we reincarnate on earth, why do we not recognize ourselves with our earth? Um, yeah, good question, right? Because when we incarnate, we move through the veil of forgetting. And I, I'm, I'm sure there's a reason that I could think of, like, for instance, if, what, what kind of challenge would it be 
if everything was revealed all at one time, right? Um, part of the learning might be, you know, it, it's like having a cheat sheet at a test, right? If we had the cheat sheet, we could ace the test. We would ace the test because all the answers were on the cheat sheet. All we'd have to do is find, you know, where's that answer? Oh, yes, there's that answer. And then we could write that answer down and we'd have the cheat sheet to answer the test. And is that really, a, uh, does that really represent our learning? Or does that just represent our ability to go into the references and find the answers? So I think of it maybe like that, where um, the real truth comes out when we have really learned, when we when it becomes a vital part of who we are, that experience in another lifetime. And we naturally then respond to our lives or to the challenges in our lives, to the people in our lives, in a way that has been born from evolution and not from the cheat sheet, right? The memory of everything. Now the memory is there, right? It is there. It's not lost on you. It's just not in your conscious mind. It's more in the subconscious, which is why with intention, we can go into the Akashic records and we can get that information. I do it for people when I do those sessions, but you can do it for yourself. You just have to trust. And I mean, I sometimes still have trouble trusting the answers I get for myself. So I can, I can see how that could be something we are kind of afraid to, in, you know, get into, but you do hold the answers. It's all there. It's just not in your conscious mind. So digging into the subconscious or the unconscious mind through maybe even the Akashic records can help you bring that memory back up to the conscious mind. Um, I hope that answers your question, Erica. Uh, Christine, some remember as children and then it, it, it fades. Yeah, it does. We, I think our, uh, there's something, somebody said like our first seven years of life, we really are accessing um, the most previous um, uh, incarnation that we were in. So the memories are there, right, of who we are. Of, of who who we why are we here all of that's there it's encoded in us when we look at the um when we look through the gene keys in the venus sequence i believe it is we get to looking at our uh, a life cycle which is birth to age seven and the gene key that represents that is the body's wisdom around that particular uh, subject, right? What did you bring with you into the physical body? And how are you grounding that into your physical? So the shadow of that gene key might show, you know, where your memory gets lost on you. Um, the gift and the Siddhi being, you know, how is it that I am, I come to embody those particular qualities uh, that I brought with me into this lifetime. So, you know, working with your gene keys, um, is, you know, a beneficial way for you to also find out more about yourself. All right. Uh, all right. So now let's look at the Sabian symbol for the eclipse. I love looking at the Sabian symbols because they give us a keyword and I love keywords, but it also kind of connotes a feeling. Um, a picture is created from the degree of the Zodiac that we're working with. So we are working with the second degree of the Zodiac. And when you look up that Sabian symbol, it says a house raising party in a small village enlists the neighbor's cooperation. So cooperation 
is the key word here. And I can, I, I get it. It's the feeling of community. It's the feeling of family. It's the feeling of coming together for a purpose, no matter what that purpose is. And I felt this yesterday, you know, uh, when you go to a birthday party, right? And a kid's birthday party, especially, you're going to get exposed to your, that child's friends. And because it was a pizza party and one at a bowling alley, all of the parents were also invited to stay. And so there were a lot of parents, a lot of children, and a lot, of course, our family, because it was a family birthday party as well. So it was an interesting community of people that came together during that period of time. And I had you know, people who had recognized me from the wedding, from Jennifer's wedding earlier in the month. And they were like, hi, mom. And I, I couldn't remember everybody who they were, but I felt like, wow, I actually am a part of this community, even though it's kind of a pseudo community. Uh, it's a community of people that were there to celebrate and support Dallas in his 10th birthday, right? And it, it felt so good. It felt really good. It felt very much like we were in a cooperative. The cooperative was about coming together in celebration. And we had a great time doing that. So the spirit of this eclipse brings us that idea of cooperation, the degree that the sun and the moon and Venus in this case are at. So cooperation, right? That's a big part of the feeling of community and of coming together that can be this new moon solar eclipse. So where might you build upon the community that you find yourself a part of? Where might you build relationships, deeper relationships with the people that are a part of, of that community or tribe that you're a part of? And that's an energy that is available during this uh, new moon solar eclipse. Now, I also wanted to look at the, the earth quickly because the earth is opposite of the sun, right? That's how that always works. And that means if the earth is um, kind of bringing up the challenge, and she usually is the challenge, right? The challenge to embody, the challenge to us to embody the qualities of the um, aspect or uh, event that is occurring. And the earth is going to be sitting at the gate 27. The gate 27 is a gate that sits on the sacral center, right? So if you look at, it's the second center up from the bottom, the sacral, the center of doing, right? The center of doing and being. And the earth at the gate 27 is uh, making us responsible or accountable to our own nurturing. It's an interesting gate because on one hand, it's the gate of nurturing and nourishing. So here is where we um, feed others. We take care of our families. We, you know, are cooking for or caring for or teaching uh, our children or others, you know, in our families or in our communities. But often that trip to caring for others means that something gets left out. And what gets left out is our self-nurturing, right? Our are uh, caring for ourselves first because our society often labels that as selfish, right? Or self-centered. But if you are not strong yourself and you're giving, 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 giving to others, then you are actually undermining your own energy and your own ability to stay in a position of nurturing others, right? You have to be nurtured first. 
So it really takes us into how are we nourishing ourselves? You know, are we, are we even, you know, nourishing, nurturing ourselves in order to be that for other people? And on the other hand, it can take us into ugly words like obligation, like martyrdom, right? It could bring up for us during this time where it is that we've obligated ourselves to others in an inappropriate way, obligated ourselves to their nurturing, to their, you know, taking care of them in what I would call smother mothering, right? Smothering people with your love, with your attention, with your help, with your guidance, with your coaching, with your fill in the blank, right? So here we need some sort of idea of a boundary perhaps between where self-nurturing ends and you nurturing others begins. And here you have to care for yourself first. It's imperative. If you are trying to give from a deficit, you are undermining your own energy and your own ability to persevere uh, with whatever project that you're working on. So take care without overcaring and take care of yourself first. That gives you the energy to be able to keep going with, um, and, and no one else is accountable or responsible for making you do that. It has to come from within you, right? You're the one accountable for nurturing yourself first. You cannot make your family, your spouse, your significant other, your friends accountable for taking care of you. You take care of you, right? You take care of you. Now, when we look at the Sun-Venus-Moon conjunction, the new moon, the solar eclipse in gate 28 in your human design, which is a splenic gate, it's on the spleen, which is the center for time, intuition, health, survival. So a lot of the energy around the spleen has to do with success, our success as a species, our success as a tribe or community, a country. Uh, our success as a family, and our success as an individual within that family, community, tribe, country, earth, right? So when we have these three planets sitting at the gate 28, it brings up struggle. It, it's called the gate of struggle, or sometimes we call it the gate of challenge. In quantum human design, it is called the gate of challenge or adventure. I think that quantifies it in a more positive aspect because I think we're all familiar with struggle and what struggle connotes to us is that it is suffering, right? No need to suffer here. It's a struggle and it's the struggle to find meaning in life. It's the struggle to find personal meaning, right? Personal meaning in everything that's gone on uh, for yourself, but also in the world at large. Often it is a gate where we take the hard way. I, I think you probably all know somebody in your life who seems to just want to keep hitting their head up against the wall. They do things the hard way. I'm, oh, I'm forever telling my husband, why don't you do it this way? It would be so much easier. And he's like, no, I want to do it this way. Okay, do it your way the hard way, right? <laughs> um, so the lesson that we get in this particular energy then is about facing life as an adventure um, and understanding that struggle does not equal failure. If we're struggling to get meaning or if we're struggling to get through something, that doesn't make you a failure. It doesn't mean that you're failing life. It doesn't mean that you're failing in your responsibilities necessarily. It doesn't mean that you're failing your family. Um, in the shadow, what we get often here is a fear of taking action. We get paralyzed 
right? The fear might be from pain. We're afraid of the pain it might bring us. We're afraid of the struggle uh, that we've struggled too much in our lives. And one more battle fought is one that we don't want. Um, but we could also fail because we are afraid of suffering. We're afraid of the suffering that might come. By the way, there is no gate of suffering in human design. There is a gate of struggle. We're talking about it now. And that's where the eclipse is. So struggle has a purpose. It brings us to that, that success, right? It brings us to success. And even if the struggle brings us to failure, ultimately, what is failure? Except a sign of how it is that that won't work or how that you're not meant to go in that direction, right? It's really just a sign that says, okay, move over to the next lane. Okay, move over to the next opportunity. Okay, move over to the next relationship kind of thing. And in the highest expression here, uh, for us in this solar eclipse, what we get is the ability to share our experiences of life with other people, other people who may be experiencing it as a struggle, uh, other people who, you know, might have uh, need of someone like you who has come through the struggle and, and lived to tell the tale, right, and have prevailed and succeeded in spite of the struggles. So sharing of your experiences in life, how you found meaning in something that feels so meaningless like death or failure, right? So finding the meaning in life and sharing that becomes another sort of theme in this particular moon. Where are we time-wise? Five more minutes. Good. So let's, let's take a quick look. First of all, let me see if there are any questions. Um, is gate 27 a Taurus gate? Yes, it would be a Taurus gate, Asa, because if the sun is in Scorpio, the earth is in the opposite and the sun, I mean, the earth then would be in Taurus. So it is definitely a Taurus gate. Uh, Erica says, mine is red and outlined in yellow. Which gate are you speaking of? Uh, not sure, maybe 20, 27 or 28, maybe, because that's what two gates we were talking about. And that 28 is where the sun, moon, and Venus are for the eclipse. And the earth is in the 27 that is on the sacral. Okay. Uh, I hope that answers that question. So if we look ahead at the week, besides the eclipse, right, it's not just the only thing happening in the week. We've had, we have a lot of focus coming on Scorpio. First of all, yesterday, uh, Venus moved into Scorpio, obviously, because she's now at two degrees or will be at two degrees tomorrow for the eclipse. And then, of course, the sun moved into Scorpio as well yesterday. So sun and Venus now in Scorpio. Late in the week on the 29th, Saturday, uh, Mercury moves into Scorpio. So he'll leave Libra, leaving behind all of that retrograde uh, information and moving into a new sign. And Scorpio will be the sign our minds moving into the depths, right? Our minds moving into emotional water our minds turning toward passion and toward the things that support us in living out our passions. Now, as well, we have other planetary transits heading out this week. We have Mercury, the planet of communication, coming into a trine with Mars, right? So Mercury, the ruler of Gemini, in a trine with Mars in Gemini. So we have some really positive energy on Wednesday. This will be the 26th. Hey, that's my sister's birthday. Um, the 26th, where we have this really powerful energy of maybe even emptying the contents of your mind, the old stuff, 
so having, you know, come through the new moon, making a new agreement with yourself about how you want to move forward, right? Taking new steps in a new direction, but it comes with ease, which means that we might be a little lazy about it. So we might have to be very deliberate in taking new steps and new action toward those things, those intentions that we uh, laid out with the, the new moon. The next day, Mercury comes into a square with Pluto. So now we might have a mind struggle going on, a power struggle between the mind and the emotions, uh, the mind and our physical reality, as Pluto's in Capricorn, a sign of the physical realm. So our mind versus reality, or is it, you know, well, I'm not going to say that. Changing of the mind, let's just say. And then, of course, on Sunday, 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 we have Mars moving retrograde. And let's see, do I know the time that Mars turns retrograde? 6.49 a.m. And this is Pacific time. So 6.49 a.m., 9.49 a.m. for those of you on the East Coast, that Mars will turn retrograde in Gemini where he will stay in retrograde motion until the 12th of January of 2023 and will still be in Gemini all the way through March, right? So we're getting there. So expect action to go internal, right? Take Taking more, um, you know, reimagining, right? Reinventing yourself somewhat uh, over these next few months as Mars goes retrograde. All right. That is it for me this morning, you guys. Questions? Let's see. Whoa, I have Sun, Mercury, Venus, and Scorpio. So you were sort of born at a time when this same energy was popping up on the planet, right? Um, the sacral gate. Yes, Erica, the sacral gate was the 27. So the gate of nurturing is something that we engage in by doing or being, right? That's uh, the meaning behind the sacral center. And I think what I want to do is pull a card for us for uh, the week and for the eclipse. I'm going to pull an animal card. And, you know, Tom was asking for a Pleiadian card on Friday. And, of course, I didn't see it until after I got out of the show. Uh, so I'll pull us a Pleiadian card to move us through the eclipse window. Uh, okay. Questions, if you have those before I close out today, go ahead and put those in the chat. And... We get the starfish spirit and he was upside down. Starfish spirit says open to infinite possibility. The starfish is card number 59, which is a 14, which is a five. So change transformation toward freedom, freedom and the constructive use, of course, of freedom. What good is freedom if you don't use it, right? Use it or lose it. Okay. So starfish spirit says. 59. And again, it was upside down. So I'm going to be reading a protection message. And it says, when cynicism says no, starfish spirit says yes, a thousand times over. Are you willing to entertain new possibilities? Are you limiting your goals in order to be realistic and cutting yourself off from the power of dreaming big? Let go of your rigid beliefs about what is possible for you and let starfish spirit inspire you to open your heart and your eyes to what spirit has available to you. Now is a time to stretch beyond the familiar and unfurl yourself, for you are meant for more than you are imagining for yourself. Spirit wants the best for you and will support you in achieving whatever intention you hold dear. 
That is a great card here in the shadow of the new moon, a new moon solar eclipse. Mm -hmm. Starfish. All right. So let's pull a Pleiadian wisdom card. Give us some wisdom from the Pleiades. Oh, these cards are still new. So they're slickery. Uh, thank you, Christine. Wishing you a good week as well. And oh, we've had this card before. I think it's actually called nature air breathe deeply and find your center to experience more harmony and balance. That's a good Libra thing to do today, right? Moon and Libra today. That is our card. Get my little booklet out here. It's card number one hmm. in nature, one in nature. Okay. When we think of nature, we think of the four elements, air, earth, fire, and water. One of the most important components of nature is the air we breathe. Sometimes when we are upset, we find ourselves holding our breath. Air moves stagnant energy and brings fresh energy into our environment. So focusing on your breath can bring you back into balance. Air always represents movement and the constancy of change. There is a still point in your breathing to allow your body to process the air you have taken in before you release it. From the space of each still point, movement begins again, allowing you to constantly and continually flow with the movement and energy of life. Begin to notice the space in your breathing and create space for new ways to experience life. Air can help you understand how to approach all of your interactions and to live in more balanced energy in your life. The Pleiadians relate the earth element of air to the cosmic energy of trust. When we honor our breath, we bring more trust into our lives. So the energy for advanced use is the energy of one, initiate, begin something new, or begin again with something old. With each breath, that's perfect for <laughs> that's perfect for a new moon in Scorpio. With each breath you take, you can always begin again, trusting your inner knowing. So that is another perfect card. Uh, for the new moon solar eclipse breathe deeply and your and find your center to experience more harmony and balance perfect all right everybody uh i will see you on friday and i hope you all have a wonderful week and have a successful solar eclipse bye for now if you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.